We begin with a focus on expropriation, a hot topic in South Africa at the moment. The Constitution 18th Amendment Bill was gazetted on December the 6th, 2019, and the period for public comment was originally set to close on the 31st of January of 2020. Since its publication, the Amendment Bill has drawn wide-ranging comment. Late in December, the EFF, the Economic Freedom Fighters, expressed concern that the bill had been published just before Christmas without adequate publicity. AgriSA, representing commercial agriculture, also issued a statement calling for a three-month consultation period to enable submissions to be prepared and heard on the proposed changes to the Constitution. The FF were among the first parties to make the news in 2020, on the 2nd of January, with their concerns that the bill would, in their view, only bring about superficial changes and would not result in a fundamental restructuring of property rights in South Africa. In his address marking 108 years since the formation of the ANC, President Ramaphosa, speaking in Khalishiwe Township in Kimberley, promised that land expropriation was going to happen in South Africa and in the Northern Cape. According to the Northern Cape Premier, speaking at the same event, white people constituted just 7% of the population in the province, yet they still owned 85% of the land. Meanwhile, ANC Treasury General Paul Mashatile assured ANC youth at the anniversary celebrations that the party had not forgotten its Nasrec policies, which included nationalising the Reserve Bank and enabling the expropriation of land without compensation. Mashatile, in an article in IOL on the 9th of January 2020, was quoted as saying, if I'm asked if radical economic transformation is still the policy of the ANC, my answer is yes. And if I'm asked if the NASREC policy resolutions will be fulfilled, my answer is yes. From the middle of January, newspaper articles began to warn of the approaching deadline for written submissions. At the same time, pressure started to mount on Parliament to extend the comment period on the bill. Around mid-January, the national conversation really started to heat up when Business Tech drew attention to the fact that there had been no talks with the South African banks on the likely impacts of expropriation on property bonds and loans. At the same time, President Ramaphosa was reported as making an appeal to the business community to present, quote, solutions to resolve the centuries-old problem of land, unquote. Many op-eds began to be published on the content of the amendment bill. Dr. Simon Hull from UCT argued in an op-ed that we shouldn't be too hasty to oppose this bill because, in his view, it might actually open the door to the very thing we need. He notes that, as the Constitution stands, quote, property is not limited to land and the purpose of expropriation is not limited to land reform. In his view, the Amendment Bill will impose these limitations on the Constitution as it makes it explicit that expropriation without compensation may only apply to land and buildings expropriated for the purposes of land reform, which, he argues, would be 
a good thing for property security. Hull goes on to argue, along with many others, that, quote, the Constitution is not the main impediment to land. It is rather ineptitude, mismanagement, maladministration, greed and corruption that are at the heart of the slow pace and, in some cases, failure of land reform, close quote. Hull cited a concern with the wording of subsection 3a, which leaves unclear the specific circumstances under which a court may determine that no compensation is a valid option. As he points out, this is where, quote, the rubber hits the road and where public comment will be crucially important, close quotes. In the end, however, it seems that Hull couldn't quite make up his mind about whether to support the bill or not, due to the lack of clarity about the overall rationale and the vulnerabilities implicit in the unspecified, open quotes, specific circumstances, close quotes, highlighted above. Subsection 3a has since proved to be the focus of much commentary as it reiterates the need for a law of general application, such as an expropriation law, to be adopted by Parliament. As Marion Merton has pointed out, writing in the Daily Maverick on the 28th of January, to date, quote, democratic South Africa has failed to adopt expropriation legislation, which has left the apartheid 1975 Expropriation Act in force. She provides important background on the parliamentary process around the expropriation bill and the various versions that have been published noting that in the 2019 version, the bill states that, quote, it may be just and equitable for no compensation to be paid where land is expropriated in the public interest, having regard to all relevant circumstances. Merton notes that the constitutional amendment cannot exclude recourse to the courts, as this would be unconstitutional. She rather unpacks the factional ANC politicking around the constitutional amendment and its wording and the proposed expropriation processes. She notes that overall we have conveniently ignored that ministers have expropriation powers already, as do premiers and mayors, powers that they have not used. Tando Mayeko writing in the Mail and Guardian on the 17th of January, reports on the political party responses to the clause in which the DA, the Freedom Front and the African Christian Democratic Party have all called, of all called, fuck. Tando Mayeko, writing in the Mail and Guardian on the 17th of January, reports that the DA, the Freedom Front and the African Christian Democratic Party have all called for Clause 3a to be scrapped, cautioning that the current wording, quote, makes it possible for extremely arbitrary circumstances to be proposed through legislation, unquote, which only requires a 51% majority to pass in the House of Assembly. In a house, a political analyst from the University of the Free State takes a different position to Simon Hull above, arguing that the amendment will create more uncertainty in the land reform process. She states, it's problematic that in this amendment, property is not only limited to land and that any property, for example, cash, computers and vehicles, may be expropriated. 
It's also problematic that lawmakers, specifically the governing party in any administration, may change the circumstances of expropriation without compensation at any time. According to the committee chair, Dr. Matole Motsecha, South Africans want certainty. They want to know where we are going. We think if land is released, we won't be complaining about unemployment. There will be work for everyone to do, and we think this is the key to the future. However, there is a significant conceptual leap between the release of land and the eradication of unemployment. The irony to date is that it can be argued that land reform as currently implemented has probably contributed to a net loss of jobs in the economy up and down the agricultural value chain. Business Tech on the 23rd of January 2020 reported on an interview with Dr. Motsecha on ENCA, where he is reported to have stated that the ANC itself does not support Section 3A of the amendment, which gives the power to a court to determine the circumstances under which the amount of compensation paid for land would be nil. He argued, contrarily, that this power should have been given to the executive. Needless to say, this provoked a storm of response. Sir Naidu in MoneyWeb on the 28th of January 2020 reported that the Banking Association of South Africa, BASA, and the Business Unity South Africa, BUSA, would strongly oppose any attempts to reduce the power of the courts to determine just and equitable compensation and the circumstances under which nil compensation would be payable. The article also quotes Neil Gopal, who is the CEO of the South African Property Owners Association, as stating that, quote, if the courts are removed from this process, the protection of property rights in South Africa is likely to diminish, resulting in a downward investment in agriculture as well as in property. BUSA acting CEO Cass Kuvadia was also critical of Dr. Motsecha. Kuvadia argued that, quote, we can't have irresponsible statements at this crucial time, especially with ratings agency Moody's watching us so closely. The SA economy is facing less than 1% growth this year, and investment is critical right now. 